Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch podcast. In this episode, an anonymous intellectual leader of the leftist extremist movement Antifa is identified. Labor unions and corporations join together to raise consumer prices for Americans outside the contiguous 48 states. And the nominally nonpartisan watchdog organization Crew deepens its ties to the institutional left. The Daily Caller published an investigation this week into an online activist associated with the extreme left Antifa group, Smash Racism DC, known variously as Chepe, the Twitter persona at Sabo Kitty, Jose Martin, and Joseph or Jose Alcoff. As with last week's tablet piece on the anti-Semitism of the Women's March, I encourage you to read the whole thing. In summary, Alkoff, either openly or under aliases, has been associated with a number of far-left groups. He organized for Occupy Wall Street, reportedly has ties to the National Lawyers Guild, a group of far-left lawyers, and was listed as an organizer for the group Smash Racism DC in Antifa, the Anti-Fascist Handbook, a book uh, that is a history, organizing manual, and propaganda volume for the left-wing extremist group. Under the alias Chepe, Alkoff reportedly avowed violent aggression against his political opponents, telling a far-left podcast, quote, we have got to dispense with nonviolence, close quote. On his Twitter persona, at Sabo Kitty on Twitter, he allegedly wrote slogans vowing violence against rich people and discussing neck-punching technique. Under the alias Jose Martin, Alkoff reportedly expressed a desire for radical socialism, abolish private property stuff, not just big government, and a, quote, police-free society, and did it at mainstream media outlets, including the BBC, MSNBC, and in Rolling Stone magazine. But under his given name, Alkoff reportedly worked for an anti-nontraditional finance activist group, Americans for Financial Reform, which has associations with the mainstream liberal left. He even appeared on a podcast hosted by how, uh, produced by the House Democrats on the Joint Economic Committee, on which he made more moderate statements than he did under his other aliases. Alkoff comes from a line of extreme left activists, his mother, Linda Martin Alkoff, is a prominent far-left philosopher. Linda Alkoff chairs the board of the publisher of the feminist studies journal Hypatia, one of the grievant studies journals hoodwinked into accepting nonsense research by a team of renegade academics earlier this year. Jose, for his part, told the audience at a left forum panel that he is, quote, was, that he, quote, was raised in a Marxist-Leninist Maoist family that understands intersectionality. After the caller published its investigation, Americans for Financial Reform apparently attempted to scrub Alkoff's name from press releases. They appeared to reverse their attempt after the caller called them and asked about it. If you want a case study in how influencers who sound like they should be opposed to each other join together to get one over on the general public, look no further than the Jones Act, formerly the Merchant Marine Act of 1920, a protectionist maritime law that pits the seafarers' unions and the operators of U.S. registered merchant ships against American consumers especially those in Alaska, Hawaii, and Puerto Rico, who must, import, who must import products by sea. In short, the law requires that ships carrying goods between U.S. ports, including ports in the, in the island territories other than uh, the Northern Mariana Islands, American Samoa, and the Virgin Islands, which are exempt, that these, that these ships must be registered, in maritime speak, flagged, in the United States, built in the United States from steel produced in the United States, and crewed by Americans, within certain limits. As Capital Research Center's Harry Kazanoff noted in a recent piece, recent piece for CapitalResearch.org, this can lead to ridiculous outcomes. Fisherman's Finest, an operator of fishing vessels, praised itself for supporting the Jones Act when it was building a new ship, the patriotically named America's Finest. However, because the shipbuilders ran afoul of U.S.-produced steel rules, the ship required a presidential raver, 
to leave the Builder's Yard and comply with the Jones Act. Said waiver was granted. Leading activists for the Jones Act include the American Maritime Partnership, a coalition of shipping industry interests. Since 2013, the partnership has spent $5.6 million to hire lobbyists to advocate for the protection of the Jones Act, among other issues, according to the Center for Responsive Politics. The effect of the Jones Act has on the economy in Puerto Rico is substantial at the consumer level. The cost of shipping a standard shipping container to the U.S.-controlled island is approximately double the cost of shipping it to the independent Caribbean nations, like Jamaica and the Dominican Republic. This increases the cost of goods to Puerto Rican consumers. The effect on Hawaii is also considerable. Since Hawaii is reliant on imports, the Jones Act increases costs of food and energy above even what the state's remote location would require. And our final item, the advocacy group Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, better known by its acronym CREW, has long been criticized as a shop of Democratic partisan opposition researchers in the clothing of an independent watchdog. This week, the Washington Free Beacon reported even more evidence of that. In 2017, the Foundation to Promote Open Society and the Open Society Policy Center, two nodes in the network of open society-branded philanthropies and activist groups founded and supported by liberal billionaire George Soros, provided crew with $1.35 million in financial support. This is not the first time crew has received money from the open, open society philanthropies, and it receives money from a number of left-wing philanthropic foundations, including the ARCA Foundation, the Barbara Streisand Foundation, the Tides Foundation, and the Wallace Global Fund. Crew has also taken money from liberals who have who had special interests that were coincidentally in alignment with odd positions taken by Crew. Evidence from tax records for nonprofit organizations associated with John Sperling, the now dead Democracy Alliance member who made his money founding the for-profit University of Phoenix, suggests that Crew took money from Sperling while Crew was advocating against supporters of an Obama administration rule that would financially harm for-profit colleges. Crew was also aligned with partisan Democratic operatives. Until 2016, David Brock, one of the close confidants of the Clinton family, chaired Crew's board. After the election of President Donald Trump, Brock left to, quote, ensure Crew's public reputation for nonpartisanship. Of course, he was replaced by Norm Eisen, a longtime liberal donor who assisted in the co-founding of Crew and served as ambassador to the Czech Republic in the Obama administration. The board vice chair was Richard Painter, the mainstream media's favorite, quote, former George W. Bush ethics lawyer, close quote. Painter later ran and was defeated for the U.S. Senate in Minnesota as a Democratic candidate. Brock's influence over crew remains. The Free Beacon also reported that documents filed with the state of North Carolina showed that crew shares employees with Media Matters for America, Brock's left-wing media pressure group. Since Trump's election in 2016, Crew has aggressively pursued litigation against Trump himself and other members of the administration, in keeping with the strategic plan which was laid out by Brock for liberal donors and obtained by the Free Beacon in 2017. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, and if you have subscribed, thank you, and please leave us a five-star rating. Due to the Christmas holiday, we will be out next week. We look forward to your continued listenership in the new year.